0: We're at the Mishnah in the middle of Amud Aleph, uh, that says, We're talking about who gets the inheritance. So this is essential mitzvah to, uh, the, uh, understand that. And son, it says, uh, uh, he is like any of the other brothers, meaning since the one brother died without children, so who's going to inherit? Well, if there's no father around, then the brothers inherit. So the one who does chalitza shares equally with the other brothers who don't do chalitza. If a father is alive, then uh, the deceased brother's uh, assets go to the father. Good. The second case is when he actually does ibum. Uh, then he gets uh, he merits. He gets to inherit the avam. All of the assets of his brother. Um, Good. This is based on the pasuk that we saw of Ayah Bechor Asher Teled. Although the peshat of the pasuk is that the son who will be born, uh, he gets to inherit his deceased, his his father, uh, meaning the deceased uh acting as a, a legal as a legal son even though not a biological son although that's the peshat uh, the midrash says no the brother who does yibum gets the uh, gets the land and that would be an extra incentive for him to do yibum all right that's Tanakama, and according to Tanakama, it doesn't matter if the father is alive or not if he does yibum then the avam gets it even if the father is alive Rabbi Yehudah Omer ben kach o ben kach, im Sham av, nechasim shel av. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and says, uh, either way, whether it is does chalitza or yibum, if the father is alive, then the assets go to the father. Very interesting. Even if he does yibum, the Yavam does not get it because automatically, the second the deceased uh, uh, dies, the assets all go to the father. The father is the next in line. And so he can still do yibum, Great mitzvah, but not gonna get the not gonna get the money. Okay, we ask pishita. Isn't this obvious that if he does chalitza, then he shares equally with the brothers? Sakadat chamina kom bimkom yibum kaima. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so we might have thought that the chalitza is instead of yibum, Finish call and therefore, even though he did chalitza, it's instead of yibum. If he had done yibum, he would get all the money, and so so too, if he does chalitza, he's the brother that's taking care of her one way or another, doing yibum, or instead doing chalitza, so he might get all the assets. Kamash Ashmala, no, it teaches us not only if he does yibum, he gets the inheritance, not with if he does chalitza. We ask about that. If so, the language of the Mishnah is not really clear. It's saying, emphasizing uh, the positive. He can get as much as the other brothers, uh, which is, you know, uh, giving him something that we might have thought he wouldn't have anything at all. But if it's if the case is that we thought he might actually get double, even if he does chalitza, but now Mishnah is teaching us, no, he doesn't get as much, then the Mishnah should have said, he is only like one of the brothers, right? The expectation being maybe it was more and now lowering it. But the Mishnah doesn't say. Mishnah seems to expect that maybe he gets nothing and teaching us, no, he gets the same as all the brothers. So we uh, revise, We would have thought is since he should have done Yibum and he doesn't, so then we should penalize him. He did Halitza and we penalize him for doing na and you get zero. So, Kamash Malan, that even though he rejected her uh, from Yibum, nevertheless, he still inherits equal to all the brothers, and then the language of the Mishnah makes sense. Now, if the father is alive, if you do, when you do Halisa, the father gets everything. Everyone agrees with that. Right? We saw this. Uh, elsewhere in Baba Batra, a father gets first right to inheritance, uh, before anyone, that any of his own descendants. Now, Hakoneset Yevim if he actually does Ibum, then he gets double. Maita was the source. Yakum, Shem Achiv, Vahare Kam because as we said, the Midrash reads Yakum as being, uh, not the son, but the brother will uphold the name of the, of his brother. And Shem doesn't mean that you he change his name to uh, to Yosef, if his name was Yosef, but rather that he gets the inheritance, right? And we saw that is, in fact, uh, the word name is used that way elsewhere. Uh, so, and he did, he did Yibum, and therefore he is deserving uh, to inherit. Now, Rebi Uda, Omer, Rebi Uda's opinion is that the father gets the property, even if the sun does you boom amad allah halakha kribuda wa khana mar beisakna pacha halakha kribuda to opinions asay yes that is the halakha fa mar ola be temar beisakna pacha mai temader beuda tihti biya bi khore sher telad ki bi khore ma bi khore no bi av af hayna ma eno av since it says that the oldest right? The firstborn who will be born. Now, in the Peshat, again, is talking about the firstborn child from the Yavam and Yavama. But the Midrash says, no, it's talking about the older brother, who is actually not necessarily the firstborn. So, why is it using that word? Uh, so, it's like the Bechor, just like the Bechor. The firstborn only inherits when the father is alive so too this the Avam will only inherit when the father is alive since the father is uh, well after all uh, well, um, sorry just like the firstborn does not inherit while the father is alive so too the Avam will not inherit uh, the the deceased brother's property while the father is alive, and that's why he says the word Bechor, to compare them. Therefore the father is alive, everything goes straight to him, uh, and uh, does not pass go, does not go to the Yavam, and uh, the Yavam does not get it, just like a Bechor doesn't get any inheritance until the father dies. After the father dies, then, if he is the Bechor, he'll get double uh, of everything. Uh, but he'll not, he, he doesn't. Then get the share from the deceased brother solely. He just he'll get he'll get um, twice as much as all the other brothers. Okay. Wait a second. If it's really the same, then we might think just like the firstborn takes two parts after the after the father dies. Afhainotel Pishanaim, So to the yavam should also take double after the father dies. In other words, since you are now you just compared the yavam to a bechor, so maybe he actually should have the same law as the bechor. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, uh, he doesn't uh, take anything while the father is alive, like a bechor doesn't. But now that you compared him, he's like the bechor because he acted and did uh, this yibum. So maybe then he gets double. Even if he's, you know, one of the brothers, but not the bechor, uh, so we say no. yakum aviv yakum aviv. No, it says that the the Yavam will inherit. Does not say his father. The avam will inherit, inherit his father, but rather he will inherit his brother. Um, and not the father, so therefore, there's no way that he can inherit it from the father if the father is alive, the father gets all of the inheritance, and then when he dies, it gets uh separated the same as uh the rest of his assets. only if the father is not alive when leuven dies, then Shimon can inherit his brother de <speaking> av. <in Hebrew> Then we say, wait, based on that, uh, if you're saying that the father inherits uh, when uh, he is alive, uh, then maybe we should say when there's no father, meaning when the father is deceased, to take when there's no father, then the brother takes the inheritance. And in that case, the mitzvah of Yibom applies. But maybe where the father is alive, and therefore the Yavam does not take the inheritance, then there should be no application of the mitzvah of yibum, uh, because right now we're thinking they go together. The whole point of the yibum is uh, deeply connected with the inheritance. Um, uh, as uh, as we've said before, right? That's why only paternal brothers can do yibum because they are part of the same same inheritance chain. And so, therefore, maybe the whole mitzvah of yibum only applies when the father is deceased, so that it goes together. The brother, the avam, inherits, and he does yibum. But if he doesn't have a chance to inherit because it goes to the father, then no yibum at all. So we say no. Midi yibum and ahalah talalachamana. Does the pasuk say that ybum is dependent on uh, having a nachalah? It's true. It comes together, but it's not dependent on it. Yabumem yabemevi kanachalash okay, shekolevi laalach shekolevi. The do yibum. Okay, that it's defined as a possibility of someone who could inherit so that's why it has to be the paternal brother but um, what if there's no inheritance what if the guy's bankrupt so if there is a uh, if there is inheritance good you take it if there's no inheritance available then do ye boom even though you don't take it and here it's the same either if it was bankrupt you would still do you boom so too in this case okay happens to be it goes to the father because he's first in line to inherit but nevertheless, you still you, do yibum, you and it's not dependent on actually getting the inheritance. Good. Now, who is the halacha like regarding this uh, case? Yatev Rabbi Chanina Kara, mkame Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Chanina, the expert in Tanakh, <Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> Kara. Uh, So he was sitting in front of Biyanah. Maybe he's veering outside of his area of expertise, because this is not strictly a pasuk, um, although it may depend on the interpretation of a pasuk. So anyway, he says, I, I think, uh, the halacha is like Rabi Yehuda. So he says that in front of the Anai. Rabi Anai says, take your, go, uh, uh, recite your pisukim outside. Meaning, you're not authorized here. I don't agree with you. Uh, take your tradition outside. Halacha is not like Rabi Yehuda. Okay, that's just a fun, uh, interaction and uh, shows that, um, various sages who had different areas of expertise might, uh, uh, take offense to uh, one overstepping his boundaries. Taneta nakame and so there was a tana meaning a professional reciter. Who was they were had very good memories, they weren't necessarily the greatest sages in terms of their analytical abilities, uh, but they were like the walking books. And he says this in front of Rab that halacha is not like Nachman says, Why are you telling me this? Right, isn't that obvious? Um, uh, that halacha is not like Rabi He is the minority opinion, so obviously goes by the majority. You don't need to tell me this. So the memorizer says, should I erase it? Right? This is how you would erase. You didn't have books that you could uh, 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 erase it in the book, but rather you have to tell the memorizer, stop teaching that halacha. So he's saying me, I'm wrong and I shouldn't teach it? you're saying halacha me, I'm wrong and I shouldn't teach it? This is, no, no, don't erase it, because I know what happened. I can reconstruct, right? No one would have no taught, no sage before you would have taught, Halakha is not like a Yehudah. It must be that what he, the uh, you heard was, Halakha is like Rabbi Yehudah. That's what you were taught. And you had trouble about it. You said, wait, how could it be that Halakha would be like Rabbi in my narrative opinion? And you, Memorizer, you're the one that switched it uh, again, overstepping his boundary because a memorizer is supposed to just memorize and not correct things that doesn't make sense to him, right? That's the job of the Chacham to analyze it and if need if needed to correct it. So you're the one that changed it, but now that you've changed it, you know what? It's good that you changed it. I agree with you that Halakha is not like Rabbi Yudah Shebele and therefore no need to erase it uh leave it as is maybe as a specific reminder against those who there are there is a tradition of other people that said like halakha is like Rabbi beudah and so therefore um i agree with changing it because that in a way is erasing the original tradition that you heard that halacha is like a beudah all right really fascinating discussion here about uh the transmission uh of uh Shabbat pe as it relates to Lema'aseh. all right and now we get to the next Mishnah Ha leave to asur bikrovoteha asura bikrovav someone who does halisa uh, he is prohibited to her close relatives, and she is prohibited to his close relatives. So this is for sure with Yibum, that would be the case, because Yibum actually means that they're married. And anyone who is married is prohibited not only to, is is, is permitted to his wife, but prohibited, prohibited to his wife's uh, sister, mother, daughter. And similarly, she is prohibited to his close relatives. The Chidush here is that not only if you do Yibum, also if you do Chalitza. Uh, one is prohibited. Chalitza is kind of like uh, you were married with that and now divorced. So just the same thing. If you married and even you got divorced, uh, one who gets divorced is still prohibited to his ex-wife's close relatives. Chalitza has the same laws. Who asur be ima, ob ima, ob Aviha Ubita ob bita, obat bita, obat pena, obahotah, besmanchehi kayemet, va'chin mutarin. He is prohibited to her mother, grandmother, in uh, two ways, daughter, granddaughter, right from from daughter or son, and her sister as long as. The yevamah is alive, because the law about sisters is only permitted when they're both alive. So if the yevamah would die, then he could be would be prohibited permitted to the sister. Vachin mutarin and uh, other brothers who did not perform Halisa, the yavam's brothers are permitted. To all those relatives because uh, they would even if it was a marry even if it was a marriage case they would be per- permitted right if well, one brother marries uh, one person so his the, his brother can marry that uh, that w- that wife's uh, sister right that's a lot we had so many cases two brothers married two sisters right or one two brothers can marry a mother and daughter all those are all, the, all those cases would be fine and she is prohibited to his father that's her father-in-law and to his grandfather's father's father and to his son and to his, son and to his son's son and to his brother that would be her brother-in-law and to her nephew right although uncle uh, uh niece marriage is is Permitted uh, nephew marriage is prohibited, and therefore she, as a woman, is prohibited uh to her her nephew, right because for him that would be her his aunt, and aunt marriage is not allowed good mutar sarat halusato. a person is permitted to the close relative of the co-wife of the chalutza, but is prohibited to the, uh, co-wife of the relative of his chalutza. This is confusing. So let's look at a chart. Uh, first, these are charts regarding, uh, those who are prohi- pro- prohibited. Uh, this is, uh, um, Shimon did yibum, uh, did Chalitza with, Asad, with Sila. And so, He is prohibited from her mother and and grandmothers, uh, also prohibited from her daughter and granddaughters. This is what we said. And uh, she, again, another case of Khalisa, she is prohibited to his father and grandfather and uh, to his son and grandson okay, uh, son and um, and this, yeah, grandson um, and also to his uh, nephew. Good. Those are all the cases we saw. And the last case that is a little confusing says as follows. You have uh, Reuven and Shimon, who are brother Shimon, dies. Reuven does chalitza with le'a. Now, Shimon had a co-wife. Ruven is prohibited to the co-wife um, uh, uh, doing, uh, uh, doing chalitza because um, uh, he is, uh, yeah, he can do Yibum or with her and then not with Hana. However, he can marry, if he wants, his co-wife's, uh, daughter. Right? That's okay. That's another step removed. However, what he cannot do is his, uh, Le'ah, his Chalitza, he cannot take her sister. Okay, so that'll be like two sisters. So it's as if he was married to Lea, and therefore he cannot marry his Rachel while Lea is alive. And this, in this, uh, on this way, he's prohibited not only to his uh, Chalutzah's sister, but also prohibited to her co-wife if she's married to someone else who also has another wife. Okay, the grammar is going to ask you about this because it seems equivalent, right? This way is uh, it seems um, you're just switching around uh, what the order of uh, order of operations, right? What's the difference if it's co-wife's sister or sister's co-wife? Uh, the gamada will explain. Okay. Uh, now we have a question. <inaudible> we know that in uh, regular cases of someone who's married, not only are the close relatives that are mentioned in the Torah prohibited, but also secondary relations are prohibited. So we know that's true regarding uh, someone who's married, and even after their divorce, they would have they would be prohibited. Um, but what about for halusa? <inaudible> because the Mishnah only mentions these close relatives, would would he, would we extend it even to the secondary? Secondary relatives. Okay. So why would we think there might be even a difference between a halusa and a gerusha? Oh, well, de deoraita. Someone who is married, um, and whether they're married or they get divorced, in that case, there is a prohibition of a deoraita prohibition against. Uh, the relatives, let's say her husband's close relatives or his wife's close relatives. So there the Torah gives only a limited list and the Rabbis came and add the secondary ones as a gezerah. So in that case the prohibition is deoraita, and therefore it makes sense for the Rabbis to come and add. But a halusa is only herself a deoraitah. In other words, on the Doraita level, a halusa is nothing, is, uh, is not, not related to the Yavam. Only the Rabbis said, well, Alisa looks a lot like uh, like uh, get, and therefore, if we permit someone to be with his halusa's close relatives, then people will say, "Oh well, then I guess it's also permitted for a man to be with his gerusha's close relatives." And so, therefore, the rabbis came and said, "Where are we are going to treat a halusa like a gerusha?" Uh, so now, now the question is: So do um, uh, since it's only drabanan in the first place a halusa? So maybe they only prohibited her uh close relatives or his uh right uh, to to the avam her close relatives or to the evama his close relatives but not the shiniyot only the doraita relatives or the malation or maybe it doesn't matter once the rabbi is making gezerah then they'll say anyone who would be prohibited to, uh, for his, his Girusha's relatives, all of them, uh, so too, all those same relationships will also be prohibited to a Chalusa, and even though Chalusa is only the banan, the rabbis included even the secondary relations in that. That is the question. We're going to attempt about four answers, and the end, we are going to conclude that yes, in fact, uh, even the secondary relations are prohibited to uh to the um to the to the Khalutz to the Khalutza and to the man who did the Khalitza ta shema proof attempted proof number 1 uh, from our Mishnah. It says in our Mishnah that he is prohibited to the mother and grandmother, uh, the, the mother's mother, of his of halutza. Okay, those are primary relationships. It does not say the mother's mother's mother, the grandmother, the grandmother, great-grandmother, the great-grandmother is a secondary relationship. And from the fact the Mishnah does not say that, means that He is, sounds like, suggests that he is permitted to his uh, Halutza's great-grandmother, which is a secondary relationship, and that would prove that it is is permitted. The rabbis did not make a gezera. Then we reject that proof. No. No, maybe the reason it left out great-grandmother is because in the... Uh, the, the continuation of the Mishnah says the other brothers who did not perform Halitza, they are permitted to all of their uh, sister-in-law's close relatives. N- oh, oh, right. And if we included in the list, great-grandmother, then they might have said, maybe that clause that says, uh, the brothers are permitted, maybe that permission only applies to the great-grandmother because that's already uh, many steps removed and uh but maybe for the mother and grandmother of the Yevamah, even the other brothers who didn't do chalitza would be prohi- prohibited. Why would anybody even such thi- uh, think such a thing? Well, because all the brothers have a zikah, right? As soon as the deceased dies, all the brothers have a zikah to the yevama. And so, if we take that seriously, and that zikah is kind of like marriage, even when one brother does chalitza, perhaps you would think that all the other all the brothers are prohibited to her relatives. And so that's not true. That's why the Mishnah had to tell us in the first place that the brothers are permitted. And so um, maybe we don't want to put great grandmother because then we would think that the permission is only great grandmother. And in fact the mother and, and grandmother are are not are prohibited to the brothers. Uh, but then we say, no, velit ne em uh, then you could have written great grandmother, and you also could have added a word to say the other brothers are permitted to all of them, everybody on the list. So this is indeed a, 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 a good question. Uh, we don't answer, therefore this line of uh, this proof is defeated. Okay, second attempted proof. tashima he asura beAviv or beAvi Aviv she is prohibited to his father and father's father katane miha avi aviv myla lab mishum holes la kalat beno since the Mishnah includes father's father, well, is, isn't she prohibited because of the man who did Halitza? And in terms of that grandfather, uh, she is the son's daughter in law. In other words, as follows, right? This is the grandfather here. And then uh, they have, uh, he has a son, Yaakov, and the son. Has uh, a, a a daughter-in-law, right? It'll be Shimon. Yaakov has two sons, Levi and Shimon. Levi's the one that died. Shimon is the yavam. So this is is Yitzchak's son's son's wife. That's his son's daughter-in-law. Son's daughter-in-law is a sheniyah. It's only a secondary, and yet the Mishnah says prohibited. So here's a proof that uh, that uh, chalutz, uh, uh, chalutz and chalutzas, even sheniyah relatives are prohibited. Then we say, no, lo mishum kalat beno. No, she is prohibited to the grandfather, uh, not because of the haluts, but rather because of the deceased. In other words, she, Hasila, is also her, her, the grandfather's son's son-in-law, from Levi. In other words, since Sila was, was, since she was married to Levi, she was already prohibited to uh, her husband's grandfather. So she remains prohibited uh, forever to her husband's grandfather. And so it makes no difference if Shimon does Halitza or not. Or if Shimon doesn't exist, she is already prohibited to, them, to him. So yes, it is a Shaniyah, but she's prohibited through the deceased, not through the Halut. So there is no proof from here. Okay, third attempt, Tashema. Ubeben, Beno. She may not be with uh, the hal's son's son aviv and so isn't that because of the holetz, and that is considered the uh, wife of the father's father in other words this would be this picture here and so uh, for her hal's son's son is the same as for hi- for him his father's father's wife his fa- his grandfather's step. Uh, stepwife, his his great his great his his step grandmother uh, is prohibited as a sheniya, and there he, we could prove that shinyat are prohibited uh, to a halusa. No, la eshet achi achi aviv. No, she is prohibited because of the deceased because for the deceased, she is the wife of a brother of a father's father. In other words, she is prohibited already from when the time she's married to Levi, she is prohibited to David, because for that, for him, David, it would be his father's father's brother's wife, and that is a great aunt, and so is already prohibited. It is a Shaniyah, but it's a Shiniah because of Levi, to whom she was fully married, and therefore forever prohibited to uh to her great nephew, uh, and so that uh, is no proof. Again, hold on. Mar Marshar beeshet Achiv Avi Aviv. Amemad disagreed with the majority and said he this, this relationship is actually permitted. A great aunt, a father's father's wife's um uh, a father's father's brother's wife. He says is permitted, and so therefore she would be permitted. If it was only through Levi, it would be permitted. And the fact that she said the Mishnah says is prohibited has to mean it's from Shimon. And therefore uh, must be that a Memar would say that sheniot are prohibited in a, to a halusa. So no, not necessarily Memar. Moqila bebar berah uh, When um, when the Mishnah says that someone is prohibited uh, to ben beno, it wasn't talking about. Uh, the uh, son and grandson of Shimon, but rather the Mishnah was referring to the son and grandson of the grandfather. Here of right of uh, Shimon's father, so it's Shima, it's uh, Shimon's father's son. Meaning any other siblings that are that Shimon and Levi have would be prohibited, and to their sons, and therefore that would only be one step down. It's her nephews, not her great nephews, and so Ahmed um, could reinterpret the Mishnah in that way. And those are primary prohibitions, not secondary ones. Uh, okay, so therefore a is, is not necessarily a proof for a Wait a second, isn't that then the same as brother and nephews? The Mishnah already has a category of the brothers and his nephews? And the answer is Tana achiv mina'av vekatani achiv mina'em. No, it says it twice to include both maternal brothers, paternal brothers and mater- maternal, brothers, uh, and their children. so all of these are prohibited, um, according to HaMemad. And they, those are all, uh, um, primary, uh, fr- primary prohibitions. Okay. There's some complication here because, uh, that's not agreed upon by everyone. Uh, specifically maternal nephews are actually secondary relations uh, so how would this be a proof as she explains it must be that uven and shimon were full siblings and therefore the halutza's maternal nephews are also levi's maternal uh, uh, also Levi's maternal nephews and therefore Silas permitted to them through Levi and not uh, only through Shimon and uh, in any case there is no proof from this section uh, not for Rabbanan and not for Amemar and therefore we go on to the uh, the next one Tashema de so this proof is not from the Mishnah but rather from a Baraita of Rabbi Chaya. All the proofs from the Mishnah were inconclusive teaches. Uh, there are four relations that are prohibited to a halutz uh, and halusa from the Torah and four from divres Sofrim, which we usually equate with D'rabanan, although Sofrim, the sages from the 2nd Betamikdash, may in fact be a little stronger even than a simple D'rabanan. Okay, and what are they? Av ubeno the Halusa is prohibited to the father and son of the haluts. Achiv uben achiv, she is also prohibited to the brother and nephew of the haluts. torah, those are the torah four. Avi, aviv, avi, avi, imo, she is prohibited to the grandfather of the haluts from both sides father's father and mother's father, and also ben beno u ben bito, midivre sofrim. She is prohibited to the halutz's son's son and daughter's son, and those are all from Midri Sofrim. This last one, Ben Bito, is gonna be the key to resolving this because this was not included in the Mishnah, but it is included on this list. And from here we are gonna eventually conclude that yes, uh Chalutza is prohibited even to the Shinyot. Okay, but we have to go through all the steps. Most of this is gonna be a repetition of the arguments that we've attempted to make in the Mishnah with the same rejections. Katene Miha Avi Aviv. She is prohibited to his father's father. My la bishum holetz isn't that because it goes through the Holetz Vavyala Kalat Beno? And that is for in terms of the grandfather. It would be his son's daughter-in-law, which is a sheniyah. So can we prove from here that sheniyah is prohibited? No, it's because of the deceased. In other words, that, that relation was, was already prohibited because of uh, the, the deceased. It's the grandfather's son's daughter-in-law through the deceased. Okay, so no proof from there. Tashema, avi, ima. She is prohibited to his mother's father. My love, Mishum Kalat Bita. So also, from the grandfather's perspective, this would be the daughter's daughter-in-law, and that is a Shiniyah through the Cholets. Mishum Kalat No, she is already prohibited in that to uh, that grandfather because of the deceased. Who for whom the grandfather was uh for, in terms of the grandfather, she is the daughter's daughter in law. So no proof from there. Tashima Uben Beno, she is prohibited to his son's son. My eshet avi aviv. So isn't that prohibition going through the Holetz? And from that nephew's perspective it would be the his father's father's wife uh step grandmother and uh therefore that was a shinia no maybe it's through the deceased they were already already prohibited achi avi aviv and from that child that uh, younger person's perspective it would be her his father's father's brother's wife and so she is already prohibited as a sheniyah, but it goes through the deceased to whom they were they were fully married and therefore prohibited forever. Uh, so, therefore, no proof now, back to ahir beshet avi aviv permits in such a case of a father's uh, father's brother's wife, a great-aunt, in this way, he permits, and therefore it couldn't be through the father, it would have to be through the hal- for through the and you see here that uh, the choletz relationships does create a secondary uh, rela- a secondary adayot prohibition, uh, and the answer is You're right, a Memar does say it has to interpret this as the, that the prohibition is formed through the choletz, and therefore according to him. He thinks that the rabbis did uh, prohibit, as a gezerah, even the secondary relations and for a halutza Good. So we have a conclusion, at least for amemar, but we want to continue because we want to try to find uh, such a, a similar proof for Rabbanan, and we will find that in here. Tashema ubeben bito. She, the halutza is prohibited to his daughter's son. My la mishum choles, eshet avi So we going through the Cholets. and in that case, she is uh for to the grandson, his mother's uh father uh, wife, right? Mother's father's wife, and so that would be a shinia, Lo mishum mitna, eshet ahi avi Now maybe it goes through the deceased, and she is the wife of the brother of the grandson's mother's father. Uh, let's clarify that with a chart. At first we uh, proposed that here when chana, uh, the Yevamah is prohibited to the Halutz's daughter's son, well that would be equivalent in terms of his perspective to her his mother's father's wife and that is a shiniyah so can we prove here that shiniyah is prohibited we say maybe not not necessarily maybe it's prohibited through shimon and in that case it would be mother's father's brother's uh, wife, uh, great uncle from the from his maternal side, great uncle's wife from his maternal side, and so therefore maybe it's prohibited in in terms of that. However, that doesn't work. Even in a regular case, this is uh, the rabbis never made a gezerah uh, for maternal uh, grandfather's sister-in-law. Uh, Great aunt through his mother never made such a gezera, and therefore it can't be that she is prohibited because of Shimon. It can only be that she that uh, he is he's prohibited to her because of Reuven, and that proves that a a halutz's uh, second secondary relation is also. Uh, prohibited, and the rabbis did make a gezerah, and therefore right. it has to go through the choles And we can finally conclude that yes, in fact, the rabbis, when they made a gezerah against the halutsa, even though midoraita, uh is per- per- permitted to the halutsa's relatives and the other way around, nevertheless, because it looks like itin, uh, therefore we treat them as if they were married and divorced, and therefore prohibited not only to. The primary biblical relations, but even to the secondary rabbinic relations. We now go, go on to analyze the last phrase of the Mishnah that said, Mutad Adam, um, the person is permitted, the choletz <coughs> is permitted to the Halutza's co wife's sister. All right, let's analyze this case. So, a person, um, when Shimon dies, Ruven has a zika, both telea and yes do yibumo halitza, with one of them and so now when he chooses Le'a and he does Halitza with her so now he is prohibited from Leah. What's the what's the level of this prohibition? Well the prohibition is uh, from the Pasuk, Asher lo yivne Bet Achiv because he refused to do Yibum and now he may never do the do it again right once he refused that's it um, but this is only a love not any sort Karet for an event to be with Le'a. Everyone agrees with that what happens to his relationship with Hana? Here, we saw, um, some him earlier, a machloket. Uh, some say that, um, it retains its original status. Originally, when Shimon was alive, then this was his brother's wife, and that's an Isur Karet. And so, therefore, once he does, although he could have done Yibum or Khalisa ha- with Hana, once he chooses Leah, Hana reverts back to her original status as brother's wife, which is Karet. Others say no. Once they move into the category of zikah and they could do yibum with both, therefore the brother's wife prohibition is leaves both of them. And then when he does ibum, uh, when he does chalisa with leah. Leah serves as a messenger, as an agent for Hana, and although she's the one actually doing it, uh, that frees Hana as well. And so therefore, the same prohibition of Lo Yivne that applies to Leah also applies to Hana, but that is not a karet, it's only a love relationship. So that's the question, is this prohibition to Hana a karet, like a, going back to the original, or is it now like a love? The difference will be, I'll just explain it conceptually before we see it inside. The difference will be the relation what, what happens to Esther. So we know that for de Uven he is prohibited from his uh, halusa's sister because it's as if they were married and divorced. And so therefore married and divorced a his a, his ex-wife's sister is prohibited. And therefore the same would be true for Hana if we say it's a new prohibition, the new Khalutzah prohibition, uh, taking back one's Khalutzah prohibition, that would be the same. It's not karet, it's true, so it's a lower level, but that lower level is like a former wife. And therefore, instead would be prohibited. However, right, and it's not, that's not the case. However, if we say that Chana reverts back to the original prohibition, although that prohibition is stronger and makes it a sur karet, it also has a leniency in that his wife's, his brother's wife, although prohibited as karet, he is permitted. Even if Shimon was alive, he is prohibi- he is permitted to his brother's wife's sister right That would be a classic case of two brothers marrying two sisters so there you go that's that's the two sides of the um uh the two possibilities and so now we'll see amar tovi amar amar habal sarat mamzer there you go someone who takes his uh the chalutza's co-wife if the no should take Hana then the child be mamzer, meaning that is nisur karet. So you see, he says that it reverts back to the original prohibition of brother's wife. bi uh, she retains her original uh, status of prohibition. Okay, good. So that's uh, now we know what Shemuel holds. Amad of Yosef af anan na Yosef says I can bring a proof that our mishnah. Uh, agrees with this. Where, why our Mishnah says It sarat to says a person is permitted to be with the uh, sister or any other close relation of the co-wife of his halutsa. mishum So if we assume that the co-wife is outside meaning she is not has nothing to do with this right he does Khalitsa with Lea and that involves her only and is not an agent for Hana and therefore Hana not being involved I mean potentially they could have she could have been involved beforehand but once you choose Lea now Hana is not part of the transaction so she is simply a uh, the original brother's wife and therefore that would be prohibited Permitted to ested, so you see that our Mishnah, which does permit ested, supports Shim'uel's opinion. Uh, but if it had been like a, if we say that the co-wife is like a Halutza, that she takes on, she is like an, um, she is like a messenger. The Halutza is like an agent for her. Uh, then she would have the same law as a Halutzah, and therefore the, the co-wife's sister should be prohibited. Uh, there you go. Okay, so that's a good proof. Now, now that we proved this side, it should be a rejection of Rabbi Yochanan, who in that original Machloket took the other side. Of the opinion that says it, uh, the the co does not revert back to her original uh, sister-in-law status, but it rather has the new uh, halutzah status. De'amar ben hu ben achiv en hayavin lo al karet velo ala sarata karet. Rabbi Hanan says this applies also to the brothers. Not all, the one who does halutsah and the brothers who do not perform halutsah are not hayav karet if any of them should take the halutsah because although beforehand they would all be pro- 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 prohibited to her as the deceased brother's wife um but now that one they one did khadija all of them could have done khadija or any of the brothers but now the one that does khadija he is the messenger for the brothers and now they none of them go back to the original cadet relationship now they are all Prohibited only because of Yivne, And so too, the co wives, any of them could have been the Halutzot. He chooses one. Nevertheless, the others remain there like the, the, uh, um, as a, a messenger, as agents of the mayevamas like an agent for her. And there is no karet if the Cholets. Would take her. So you see, the Biochanan does not agree that there's any Sur here. He disagrees with Shemuel And now, therefore, this is a problem. How, how can he explain our Mishnah? And he can he has an answer. What do you think? Is this the problem? Uh is this a problem taking the wife, sorry, the sister of a khadusah? Right? This is not a doraita. we just explained. This is only because you might get confused. It looks like a gerusha. So since this whole thing is the Rabbanan in the first place, Lakish, Kan Achot Torah, Achot This is just proving that it's the Rabbanan, Right? Resh Lakish in fact said, that said about this, we're going to see this next coming up in a minute, uh, on the next stuff, uh, that the wife, the sister of a Gidusha is from the Torah, but the sister of a Chalusah midas Sofrim. So this whole thing is Mideh Sofrim in the first place, therefore, uh, it makes a lot of sense and it's very reasonable to assume that the Rabbis applied the prohibition only to the sister of the wife, uh, the the sister of the halutza, the person who actually did the halutza, uh, her sister is prohibited, mid But the sarot, that's already a step removed, and so there's no reason to think that the rabbis would have made a gezera even for that, right? No one's going to confuse two steps to think that, oh, if you, uh, since the co-wife is. For uh, co-wife, uh, you permitted the co-wife sister. Therefore, also a Girushah's sister would be per, 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 uh, would be permitted. No one's going to make that mistake. And so, therefore, Nabi Hanan could say, "I have no problem. I can very well say that." Um, she is permitted, even though Hana is not any Isur Karet, but is in fact in the same, has the same prohibition as the Halutza of Asher Lo Yivne. All right, good. So now we explain that. Uh, now we're going to, uh, end off with explaining the difference between the two cases. Maisha or What is the difference between these two cases here? How come the event is permitted? to the halutza's co-wife's sister, but he's prohibited to the halutza's sister's co-wife. This seems to be pretty equivalent. And we have an answer. dazla <speaking> kazru <in Hebrew> Hi, uh, de so because in one way in one uh, way uh, she will go with the uh, relative to Betin and therefore the bet the rabbis made a gezera. So which way is that? Um this way here. Um when leah should she have to go to Betin, who's gonna go with her? Well, her sister will go with her. Sisters always support each other. Who's not going to go with her? Her co-wife. Co-wives are enemies. Then Tzchana will be, you know, on the on the other side of the bench, uh, pr- prosecuting, uh, helping the prosecution. So the point is, when Leah goes to Betin uh, in order to do the Halitza, and so who's going to go to give her some uh, emotional support? It's going to be Rachel. So people are going to see them walking in, and they're not going to. They're going to get confused. They're not going to know who's who, and they're going to say, "Oh, I guess." Uh, maybe Rachel is the one. I know he's doing khalitsa Maybe he did Khalitsa with Rachel, and therefore they're going to see if he, if you permit him to ven to take Miriam here, then people are going to say, "Oh, look at that! I guess you're allowed to take your chalitza's uh, co-wife." And um, and uh, there and that would be a mistake. So people may make that mistake. However, no one Chana is never going to go to court with Leah because they hate each other, and therefore no one's ever going to see them and get them mixed up. And therefore, the rabbis did not make a gezerah for the co-wife's sister, uh, where well, we you will not get mixed up. But they do make a, a gezerah for the sisters, the sisters co-wife, and that gives us a nice insight into the uh, relationship relationship and the uh, the love that sisters have for each other and the opposite that co-wives have for each other Baruch Adonai l'olam. amen amen